Welcome to Redemption's podcast. This is Corey Ball, lead pastor at Redemption Community Church, found in Kirkwood, Missouri, in the greater St. Louis area. Before we dive into the content, I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook to stay current on all things Redemption. You'll find both of these accounts by searching Redemption STL. But more than anything, we hope that this podcast will help inspire and challenge you to take your next steps in following Jesus. If you have any questions about God, Christianity, or redemption, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM us on our socials or text us at 314-391-4141. And now, without further ado, here is the content you are looking for. Enjoy. Good evening, Redemption. It is great to see all you guys in person. My name is Britt Ball. I have a few short announcements for you before we jump into the service. So the first is our digital bulletin. We do like to save trees around here. So all the information for the service uh, is going to be on our digital bulletin. That's at redemption.com slash need to know. The second is a connect card. When you walked in here this evening, you should have been given a card with a pen. Go ahead and fill that out and drop it in the basket in the back so that we can stay in touch with you. And last but not least is our giving. Uh, There are four separate ways to give. You can give online via Venmo or by texting any dollar amount to 84321. We also have a box on a little cocktail table in the back that you can drop a check in at the end end of the service. So that's all I've got for you. I'm gonna pass this over to Graham for a short announcement. Corey's like, Graham, I thought I was supposed to come up next, so he has no idea what's going on. But October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we do not want to be that church that lets that go unnoticed. So, Corey, we just wanted to take a moment and let you know how much, yeah, come on out, let you know how much we appreciate you. So, just, you know, a year or so ago, this was all just a dream in Corey's heart. It's exciting to see it come to fruition. My favorite way to describe Corey is that he is intense, but he is golden retriever intense. So all of the warmth, all of the love, but all of the courage and all of the leadership is all wrapped into one. And so, Corey, we just want to say that we appreciate you. We love you. We're thankful to be a part of your dream coming to fruition. And we have all your favorite desserts here tonight, and they're going to be on the table in the back to share. It's all things peanut butter. Yeah, she can't wait. Yeah, because she heard about the Reese's peanut butter cups, and that is her true love language. So um, please also take a minute to like write a little note to Corey and just say something that you appreciate about him. And real quick, we're just going to say a prayer of thanks to the Lord for um, the pastors that have been in our lives that have shaped our walk with the Lord and specifically for Corey. Father God, we know that you are the most important one to us, but Father, we thank you that you send shepherds among us to seek us out that have made sure that we knew the way to to heaven, the way to you, and we thank you for the pastors that have been in our life that are represented in this room. I'm sure there would be hundreds if we went through and asked each person to name pastors who have walked with them through good and hard times and have shared your word and made it come to life for them. We thank you so much tonight for our pastors, and we thank you specifically for Corey. We thank you for, um, for the leadership that he has here um, to love us and to serve our church, and I just pray that he would feel encouraged and appreciated this day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.
right. Uh, thank you guys so much. And for those of you that uh, this morning, I, I, um, I, was, I was preaching at another church this morning. Um, so I already have two services uh, in today. And uh, here's the third one. But, um, but as I was getting ready to preach at that uh, church, um, all these things were pinging to my Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff of all your appreciation. So for all of you that, uh, that commented on there, just thank you so much. It really means a lot. I do feel appreciated and loved. And so that's, uh, that, makes, that makes the uh, good days and the hard days of being a pastor all the, all the more while uh, when you have supporters. So thank you so much. Um, well, uh, last week we, we kicked off our series, uh, Does the Bible Say? And specifically, um, Chris Highfill was, was preaching to us. And, and Chris, uh, I was actually at his church this morning. We, we traded weeks. It turns out I was performing a wedding in Florida last week, and he was performing a wedding in Kansas City this week. And so we just traded pulpits um, uh, last weekend this, and this weekend. But, but he kicked off our, our, our weekend. Specifically, he looked at, uh, or he kicked off our series. Specifically, he looked at, uh, God won't give you more than you can handle, which we, we learned last week is rubbish. Like, it's complete trash. And so if you believe that, just so you know, uh, it is not real. It's not true. The Bible never says that. In fact, God will often give you more than you can handle. And, uh, and there's some serious, uh, serious theological problem there if you believe otherwise. But I invite you, okay, go check out the sermon. It's incredible what uh, Chris gave last week. Um, and really, if we were looking at theology, bad theology, that's like Nike 2-3, right? Like, you can do it, you know? And it's just like self-empowerment, like all this like in, in, inside like strength. And, and it sounds good on the surface, but it's actually really theologically wrong. Um, so Nike 2-3, that was last week. Um, but but in, in 1996, Tupac Shakur, he, he released his uh, famous song, Only God Can Judge Me. And unknowingly, I think, with that release, what he did is he kind of sent this cultural cascade that has lasted 24 years, um, centered around t-shirts and bumper stickers and tattoos um, of people saying, only God can judge me, okay? I'm not a betting person, but, but if I were, I would say, hey, I'll give you $100 if you have never seen only God can judge me tattooed on someone's body. I think we've all seen that, right? Uh, and, and, and even more so, I'll give you another $100, or I would if I were a betting person. I'd give you another $100 if you haven't seen only God can judge me tattooed, uh, tatted on someone at Six Flags, Right? Like, for some reason, Six Flags just holds all the only God can judge me tattoos. And so, anyway, um, it's there. But so, so Tupac, he released this. It was a big deal. And today, we're actually going to be talking about that. Does the Bible actually say only God can judge me? Or does the Bible say specifically what we're looking at today is don't judge, right? Do not judge others. Well, based off of that cultural landslide, I think. Uh, we would concur that, yes, the Bible says that, and in fact, the Bible does say that, but we're going to get to that. Um, but if you said to one of your friends, um, you know, if, if you gave them a judgment, I believe that that one friend would be really upset with you, right? And, and, and if they didn't say it verbally, their side eye would definitely say it, all their side eye glances of, you can't judge me, right? And maybe internally, they're even thinking, only God can judge me. We live in a culture of, of individualists. We're all very individualistic. And so your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And, and, and you cannot step on my toes. You cannot judge me. Um, and so that's what we, we live in today in, in, in America. And I think if Jesus were here, uh, the question we have to ask is, what would Jesus say? Well, the first place 
to find out what would, you, what would Jesus say if he were here, is actually to look at what did Jesus say about this. And uh, spoiler alert, he actually said, do not judge. So we're going to go there together. Um, again, at Redemption, what we like to do is we like to uh, go to a place together, which means that we start at the same place. And at Redemption, we start at the table of contents. So if you, uh, if you have a physical Bible with you, go ahead and open that up. Um, and if, you have, uh, if you're using an app, uh, like the YouVersion Bible app, we invite you to open up the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, we're going to go to the table of contents. We're going to start there so that we can all find it together. Again, we are uh, we, uh, collectively, as a country, we're, we're biblically illiterate. Um, and so uh, we want to encourage each other in this. Uh, we don't want to leave anyone left behind uh, you know, on this. Uh, statistically, those who would say they're Christians, they show up to church on Sundays, uh, the overwhelming majority do not open their Bibles throughout the week. And so uh, we do this to try to encourage us all to go back to square one. Uh, so we're going to go to the, the table of contents, and we're going to go to Matthew. Matthew's found in the New Testament. Uh, if you don't know, there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament. For those of you in this room who are going, hey, you're kind of speaking down on me. Um, I know these things. Well, there might be someone in this room who doesn't know, okay? So, um, so we're going to go to Matthew. We're going to go specifically to Matthew chapter 7, and, uh, and we're going to read the first couple verses here. Now, before I read these verses, uh, Matthew 7 is kind of the end of a very, very, very famous sermon. I'll, I'll never give a sermon this famous, okay? Uh, this is from the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, it's Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 are those chapters. Now, uh, Jesus, he was specifically giving this sermon north of the Sea of Galilee on something called the Chorazin Plateau, and when he was on the Chorazin Plateau, uh, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. That's kind of inaccurate. It's not really so much of a mount. It's more of a knoll or more of a hill. If you look at the photos and, and things like that around that area. It's more of a, you know, kind of a hilly area. Um, and then off in the distance, you know, there's the Sea of Galilee. So there are fishermen, and they're, they're selling like an open market. They're selling their fish to the restaurants and the, the homeowners and all these people, and uh, there's some hustle and bustle. But there's a crowd that's, that's circled around Jesus, and they come to hear what the rabbi has to say. And so it's on that mount, on that knoll, uh, that we find this teaching. Verse 1. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend... Let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you'll see uh, enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So, here it is. Jesus says, do not judge others. It's really clear, cut and dry, right? But here's the problem. Listen to me. And I, I actually need everybody to really pay attention to this because it could be misconstrued. So I want you to pay attention. And, and uh, don't put it on a sound bite, okay? But um, here's the thing, all right? If we stopped here, we would have our truth, right? But it would be our truth, and it would not be God's truth. Now, wait a minute, pastor. Uh, is Jesus not God? No, no, he is. Absolutely he is. See, we, we, do, we do something in America that is really bad, uh, we don't look at the meta-narrative of Scripture. I'm going to explain these, okay? Um, there, there's something called the micro-narrative and the meta-narrative, right? I, I think we can kind of, you know, understand what these are. A micro-narrative is really a small portion of Scripture. It, it's, 
it's a, a small uh, stamp of real estate in the Bible, if you will. Okay, it's a small place, right? The meta-narrative is, is all of those stamps of real estate, all those pieces of scripture put together. Now listen, as Christians, as believers, we are to read the Bible in its entirety as much as we are able, okay? Um, and, 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 and so what happens often is we take a, a portion of scripture, a micro-narrative, and we, we, we rest an entire theology, an entire belief system based off of that little address. And we do it to Jesus even, and what ends up happening nine times out of ten is even Jesus' words, they get misunderstood, or they don't get understood in their appropriate context. Okay, so let's, let's look at what the, what, what the next verse says, because we just read five verses, and it said, do not judge others, but, but what does verse six say? It says, don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and turn and attack you. Okay, so wait a minute. Jesus, you just told us, do not judge. You just said, don't judge people. And now, Jesus, what you're telling us is that we need to make a judgment on who is holy and who is unholy. See, Jesus here, he's going, don't throw your, your, you know, or, or don't take what is holy and give it to people who are unholy. Well, who am I to believe who is holy or unholy, Jesus? This means I have to make a judgment. Okay, so, so that's the next verse. That's not like some other chapter in another context. It's the very next verse. So we have to look at some other places. Like, what is Jesus coming at here? We're going to revisit this at the end, but we're going to look at a couple other places real quick. Okay, Deuteronomy 16, verses 18 through 20. We're going to look at this. All right, this is uh, kind of the institution of judges. Verse 18, it says, appoint judges and officials for, our, for yourselves from each of the tribes. Just so you know, there were 12 tribes, 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, for, from each of the tribes, in all the towns the Lord your God is giving you, they must uh, judge people fairly. You must never twist justice or show partiality. Never accept a bribe, for bribes blind the eyes of the wise and corrupt the decisions of the godly. Let true justice prevail, so you may, you may live and occupy the land that the Lord your God is giving here. Okay, so listen, this is the same God that later on gives the Sermon on the Mount, right? Because remember, in Christianity, we believe this, that there's something called a trinity. There's God the Father, there's Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So what we're seeing here is that the same God that later on said, do not judge, is literally instituting judges. And listen to me, he's not just saying like, hey, uh, pick some people who can judge casually, right? Like over brunch and some, you know, bottomless mimosas, like do some judging. No, no, no. Jesus is literally going, no, professionally. Like this is gonna be like your career. You will be a judge. Not only will you do it part-time, but like you're gonna be it. You're gonna be the definition of judge. So, okay, so... So obviously, the idea of just do not judge, right? That's not, it's not ringing to be true. Okay, one more. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. When one of you has a dispute with, one another, or with another believer, how dare you file a lawsuit and ask a secular court to decide the matter instead of taking it to other believers? Now, listen, if you've ever heard people say, don't sue 
a fellow Christian, right? This is actually where they're getting it from. And I'm not, I'm not going to make a strong statement on this, but I think you really do need a war with this, okay? Um, really, if, if you're facing that right now in your life, um, let's talk. I'd love to give you some, some um, wisdom, but we really need to, to weigh this out, okay? Uh, don't you realize that someday we believers will judge the world? Do you get this? Are you guys, you guys getting this? One day, we believers will judge the world. And since you're going to judge the world, can't you decide even these little things among yourselves? Don't you realize that we will judge angels? <laughs> so you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in this life. If you have legal disputes about such matters... Why go to outside judges who are not respected by the church? Okay, so here, Paul, the writer, is saying one day you will judge the world. And not only that, you will judge who? The angels. And so listen, if, if, if God instituted professional judges, he wants us to judge the world, he wants us to judge angels, he clearly cannot be saying just do not judge. I think we're there, but I want to make sure we're there, right? Okay, so let's go back. Let's read it again. We're going to revisit this and, uh, and close out here shortly. Verse 1 in Matthew 7. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. So here Jesus is really talking about this standard this, this equality, the standard of equality in judging. Um, so let's go back to the context. Jesus is on, he's in the Chorazin Plateau, north of the Sea of Galilee. Um, there's a lot of people there. There's crowds. And, and, and maybe, just maybe, in this crowd, there's one particular group of people that made a habit of judging others by a standard that they didn't judge themselves. Uh, they're called the Pharisees. If you're new to Christianity or you're new to this group of people, um, it was a religious group of people. They were religious leaders. And what they did is they created these just crazy laws. And they held everybody else to these laws. Um, and they were easy for them personally to follow. But even sometimes they didn't follow them. But they, didn't, they were fine. It was a holier-than-thou moment. They judged every other person off of a standard that they were unwilling to keep themselves. And here, Jesus is talking to this crowd of people of which the Pharisees were in. And uh, it's crazy. Um, later on, Jesus has an interaction with these Pharisees. You know what he calls them? He calls them whitewashed tombs. Essentially, he's saying, hey, listen, you're polished and painted on the outside, but you're full of dead, decaying, rotting bones on the inside. Right? Like, so, like, you're whitewashed tombs. And so, uh, listen to these words in the context of Jesus speaking to those who are self-righteous. Verse 3. Why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get, that, uh, get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't even see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. If Jesus were here today, I think you might say, that's the pot calling the kettle black, you know. Uh, hypocrite. First, <clears throat> get rid of of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And this brings us to our bottom line today. Our bottom line is more of a definition. It's one of my favorites. 
self-righteousness. It's judging others because they sin differently than you do. Perfect time to take a drink. It's judging others because they sin differently than you do. The Pharisees didn't get this, right? They, they didn't understand that they too were sinners in need of a Savior, sinners in need of grace. Rather, they just believed that they were holier than everyone else. They judged others because they sinned differently than they did. See, nowhere in Scripture is God forbidding judging of others. In fact, over and over again, he really does encourage us to do so, okay? Um, but when we make judgments of others, he gives us some, some, some guardrails for us to do so, to judge others. And so we're going to go over those right now. I'm going to give you three, okay? Number one, judge fairly. Don't judge others by a standard that you yourself are not keeping. Don't do that, right? Judge fairly. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. When, when, he, when he gives this, uh, this sermon. Number two, judge wisely. Listen, spend some time, spend, spend more time in, in Proverbs and, and less time in Facebook, right? Okay, spend more time in, in Proverbs and less time, I don't know, doing anything else, right? Uh, this is the time that we need Proverbs more than ever. And so, um, and, and, and this is not me making a political statement that'll come next week, um, but uh, which by the way, Jeez, oh, my birthday's coming up. This is uh, the tonight, like celebrating with you guys. I see that as my birthday because my birthday is coming up quickly. It's actually on November third. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like the like the most divisive uh, election potentially of our country's life, and uh, you know, it's like on my birthday. Anyway, woe is me. Okay, so um, so uh, this isn't me making a political statement. It's not. I promise you, it's not. Um, uh, and uh, but here's the deal. Um, Proverbs. Uh, it, is, it is chock full of wisdom. The, the thing that we desperately need, we really don't have. And that's why uh, at Redemption, uh, we're actually going through Proverbs right now. And so uh, the, the month of October has how many days? 31, right? Proverbs has how many chapters? 31, okay? So uh, today is Proverbs 18, right? Many of you guys guessed it. So, um, so, so, so join in. If, if you haven't started, that's fine. Just jump in with us. Today's Proverbs 18, tomorrow's Proverbs 19, okay? It's kind of how it works, right? And, um, and so, but, but, but we need to judge wisely. We don't just judge based off of our own uh, feelings, beliefs, or whatever, because um, that really leads us astray, right? Um, but judge wisely, okay? Um, and, and, and here's the thing. Uh, the, 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 let me say this about, about Proverbs and the rest of Scripture. The, the, the standard of which we should be judged, how we should judge ourselves, is really found in Proverbs, right? The foolish person does this. Okay, uh, the wise person does this. Um, the evil person does this. By the way, there's only three groups. Really, there's three in Proverbs. There's a fool, there's a wise person, and there's an evil person. I personal conviction. I don't believe that people are like pigeonholed into one of those groups their entire life. I think there are people that predominantly operate out of one of those groups. Um, but but you need to you need to view your life. And go, what I just did, was that evil? Was it foolish? Or was it wise? We're hoping for the latter, right? But let's be real. There are times where we go, yeah, my, you know what? What I just did, that was wrong, period. There's no excuse for it. Uh, that was evil. That was sinful. I knew, I knew better. The difference between the fool and the evil person is the fool doesn't know better. They haven't learned that lesson yet. 
right? So they kind of repeat it sometimes. But the evil person, they, they know what they did, and they did it anyway. There are moments where we make evil decisions, and there are moments where we make foolish decisions, and there's moments where we are wise. Um, so whatever standard you're, you're, you're looking at in Scripture, okay, uh, make sure it's biblical, first of all. But then, um, but then th- that standard is there to also make appropriate judgments about other people in your life. If, um, if you had a, a baby and, uh, and you know, your uh, parents were, um, you know, had issues with substance abuse and things like that, you would make the judgment to not leave your, your child, your baby, with your parents. That's okay. It, really, it's okay. Um, God gives us the ability to judge for a reason, okay? Um, there's wisdom in there. And, and, and let me say this, last one, before I go to graciously. Um, every time that you make a judgment, um, sorry, let me back up, uh, reverse that I mean. Uh, every time that wisdom is involved, a judgment is involved. Every time. Because wisdom is deciding not what is right and wrong, we get wisdom really, really wrong, okay, because we don't spend enough time in Proverbs. Wisdom is not about what is right and wrong. It's about what's best. Often, there's going to be moments in your life where there's five options, and they're all, they're all right. They're all good. But wisdom goes beyond what is right and wrong, and it goes to what is best. And um, anytime, anytime that wisdom is evolved, there will be a judgment made, okay? Um, again, we, we need to be judging people appropriately. All right, ju- uh, and judging people, comma, appropriately. Not judging others appropriately, but yes, both. Okay, judge graciously. Um, man, we, we just sang about it. And um, every Sunday, we talk about a God that is so incredibly gracious to us. So incredibly giving and generous and loving and caring how dare us, how dare we judge others by a harsher standard, right? It goes kind of beyond fair necessarily, but, 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 but it's, it's, it's being gracious with people. Being gracious with them the way that our Heavenly Father has been gracious with us. So, uh, last scripture, and then I promise I'm done. Okay, 1 Corinthians uh, 5, verses 12 through 13. It says this, um, Paul, he's writing this. He says, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those who are inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as as scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. So who will judge those on the outside? God will, not you. God. So when, uh, when it comes to redemption, we, we, we often hear a, a, a redemption. We would say that, that we exist for those who are not yet here. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about the church is that it's the only organization in the entire world that exists for people that are not its members. That's the church. We don't exist for us. We exist for those who are not yet members. Oh, at redemption, we like to say this, that we exist for them for the sake of him. We exist for them for the sake of him. And so when people come to redemption, and they don't, don't yet know 
the grace of God. And their sin is on full display, not just, you know, out in the community, but on social media and all over the place, right? Like, you know, full-time sinners, right? We talked about full-time judges earlier. There are people, hey, full-time, just, you know, whatever, full-time sinners. When those people come, this is what I want you to do. I, I want you to take your judgment, and I want you to put it on a shelf. What does Scripture say? Scripture says that God will judge them. I want you to take your judgment, I want you to put it on a shelf, and I want you to reserve it. And one day, one day when they come to Christ, then you can take that judgment off the shelf and you can throw it away. Because this is what I know. Hold on. This is what I know. I know that what happens often is when we, when we reserve something, we pin it up inside and like we, we're just waiting for the right opportune time, it all comes out, right? And when we finally get that person, they came to Christ and we're like, hey, I got to talk to you about your life. You're full of sin. Let me tell you about it, you know? That's foolish. Start them over. And from then on, when they come to Christ, from then on, when the opportunity arises that you need to correct, you need to love, right? You need to, you need to teach, do it. But do it fairly. Do it with wisdom. Do it graciously. And don't judge them based off of a standard that you yourself Self-righteousness, judging others because they sin differently than you do. We're all sinful people in desperate need of God's grace and forgiveness. Father, we praise you because you are giving to us. You are gracious to us. You are loving to us. Um, I love that... Timothy, you say, Second uh, Timothy, you say that uh, if we deny you, you can't deny us because you can't deny yourself. And um, Lord, there are so many times that we turn our backs on you, we walk away from you, just like the Israelites did. And uh, Lord, I love the first time that you were, first time that you ever described yourself. You say that you, uh, you're loving and generous and gracious and long-suffering use all these adjectives to describe yourself and then you say uh, but surely you will not let the guilty go unpunished so Lord I pray that you would teach us to be um, the type of judge that you are the judge that is caring and loving and giving is wise, judges fairly judges graciously Lord I pray that we would become appropriate judges, that we would judge the way that you called us to, that we would look beyond um uh, what the culture says, and that we would do the loving thing to um, to spur one another on toward holiness, to look more and more like you. And uh, God, I pray that in that process, I pray that we would learn valuable lessons. We wouldn't uh, be off-putting toward people and offensive, but it would come off as loving. Uh, I pray that people would leave those interactions and they would say, um, I kind of feel judged right now, and I feel so deeply desperately loved and cared for. Um, God, I pray that you would bless us with those moments. Uh, scripture is clear in Proverbs that um, that the wise, they love a rebuke. They love discipline. And so, Lord, on the receiving end, when we are wrong, when we are foolish, when we are evil, God, I pray that we would receive, uh, we would receive your rebuke. Uh, we would receive the rebuke of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. 
just pray you would make us wise because we desperately need it. And it's all these things we ask in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, at Redemption, uh, we take communion every week. And uh, you passed a, a table on, uh, on your way in, and they had communion kits on them. Um, if, if anybody did not grab a communion kit on your way in, go ahead and raise your hand. Um, and we'll make sure to get to get a communion kit to you. Okay, we got one over here. All right, two. Uh, grab two there. And so we're going to get you some communion kits. Um, this is, uh, I, I think we, we put it on our social media this past week. It's true. These are like the hummus cups, right? You got the, you got the, the, the pretzels on top and the hummus on the bottom. If you've ever had those in the airport. But uh, anyway, we have a wafer on top and, and juice in the bottom. We're going to take communion together as a family. Um, and listen, if, if you're not a Christ follower, I just invite you to, to, to sit this one out. Uh, I don't ever want to ask you to do something that doesn't uh, mean something to you. It's not meaningful for you. Um, we, we don't want to ask you to be something you're not. Um, but if you, if you call uh, Jesus Lord, uh, Scripture says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9, verse 9, it says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he was raised from the grave, then you will be saved. And so if that's you, if you're in the family of God, then we invite you to do this. Scripture says also, uh, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He gave it to them saying, do this in remembrance of me. You may eat your wafer. And then, likewise, he took the wine and he poured it for them. And he said, this is the blood of my new covenant. As often as you eat this bread and drink this wine, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. How do we share the gospel? How do we share the story of Jesus? Right here, we're doing it. This is one way. We're going to go forward in, in uh, some song here in just a second, but let me just pray. Father, you are so good to us. And um, God, we praise you for your sacrifice on the cross for us. Uh, that we are lost and broken without you of salvation. And uh, with you, Scripture says that we have everything. And so, God, I thank you for being a, a Father who provides, a good good Father who provides for us, who gives us anything that we need, anything that we absolutely need, you, you give it, you provide it. So, Lord, um, uh, for all the spiritual blessings uh, that you bestow upon us, we praise you. And it's all things we ask and we pray for in the name of your Son, Jesus.
Yeah, give it up. Oh, we got a mic? There we go. Hey, give it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Woo, man. It's, uh, it is good to be together. Amen? Uh, I, love, I love being with you all. Um, church, is, church is some work sometimes, you know? It's my job, so it's okay if it's work. But, uh, but it's work sometimes. Man, I just love being with you guys. So thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, I, know that, I know this. I know that uh, there's a million places that you could be on a Sunday night. Uh, I also know <clears throat> that uh, our, our Savior, uh, you know, the grave didn't keep him out. Uh, and, um, and I know this, that often rain does keep us in, right? <laughs> but uh, not tonight. So anyway, um, oh, yes, uh, Jenna's giving me the wave. Connect cards. If you have connect cards, um, if you filled them out, uh, we invite you to do that. And if you have uh, on, the, on the way out of this door... There's, a, there's like a locked box. We'd love for you to drop those in there and any offering that you, that you want to give to the church. But um, listen, a church that lingers lasts. Uh, we say that here at Redemption. So as you, as you are heading out, uh, we invite you to chill. If the rain is, is stopped, chill outside, hang out. Uh, I, there's desserts. So grab desserts uh, in my honor, right? It's awesome. Uh, okay, let me, let me give you this uh, promise and benediction uh, from Romans chapter 11. This is verses 33 and 36. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. Amen. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Redemption. Have a great week.